listening to The Wellness Project. I'm your host, Des, and this is episode number 129. I would greatly appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes or Spotify or both and leave me a five-star review. It helps my podcast to grow. Thank you so much for being with me here today. On today's episode, I am speaking with Dallas Jordan. He's going to talk to us about his experience of being a gay black man and being turned away from his family and his church. Because he was not accepted for who he was by his family or his church, Dallas struggled with anxiety, depression, and shame. He hid his sexuality for a long time because of this. Dallas is going to talk with us about family, religion, his sexuality, shame and how he learned to accept himself and live an authentic life. Help me welcome Dallas. Hi Dallas, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think it's going to be a great one. So I would love to get started. If you would feel comfortable introducing yourself, telling us your story and telling us about your journey as a black man that is part of the LGBTQ plus community and how that looked for you growing up. Yeah, of course. So um, as you, as you mentioned, my name is Dallas. I am from the DMV area. I am a huge advocate for mental health and just speaking out about mental health and what that looks like for me and especially um, being a part of the black community, what that looks like, just being a part of that community as a whole. Outside of that mental advocacy work that I like to do, um, I love photography, traveling, a big theater lover, so you can always catch me at a show. Kind of jumping into the first question that you asked um, in regards to my journey as a Black person being a part of the LGBTQ plus community growing up. So from the time I was about maybe seven or eight, I knew that I was, that I was a little bit different, but I, could, I didn't know exactly what that different was. Um, It wasn't until I was in middle school and high school where I really started to understand that, oh, okay, I have an attraction towards guys. I think I identify as gay, right? But I wasn't fully sold on that idea of identifying as gay because I still had an attraction towards women. So I came out originally as bisexual because I thought that's what I was. But growing up as a Black person and growing up with a family who was religious, it was very hard coming to terms with my sexuality. And I battled it for many years because growing up in church and growing up with a Black family, it was looked down upon if you were gay. We were taught in the church that if you were gay, you were going to hell and God didn't love you. And for me, that was something that I really struggled with because I loved going to church as a child. It was was my favorite time of the week. And, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I might be gay and that God may not love me anymore because of my sexuality was really, really, really hard for me. It was something that I didn't really share with my family for a long time. It wasn't until I think in high school when my mom found out and it was not the easiest, it was not the easiest situation. I'll be quite frank. It was very, very hard. She did not take it very well. And it caused a lot of strife in our family. And I, for for a period of time, I didn't have a relationship with my mom. That was very tough for me because I'm a mama's boy and I love my mom. I had a huge admiration for her and, you know, to just share a part of my life with her and to be basically banished from the family 
because of my sexuality it was very, very hard for me. And so, you know, for a long time, I was very ashamed to um, identify as gay. And it was very, it was something that I was open with if people asked, but it wasn't something that I was just going around and sharing with people openly. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So I have so many questions and things I want to get into. And I I really thank you for sharing your story. I think it's such an important one. And something you brought up was that religious aspect. And that's so interesting to me because, so I had interned and then volunteered at an after school program, an LGBTQ drop-in center for youth um, after school. Yeah. And I had done that for a while. And one of my colleagues and I, we ran a focus group about kind of, we wanted to understand with the coming out process, what was the biggest struggle for the teens? And a lot of them were in middle school and high school. And we, I guess, because I mean, I maybe because I'm not a religious person, but my, my friend and I, we were completely floored that the whole focus group was about being turned away from the church. So we found that to be really interesting. We didn't, I guess I didn't understand that that was such a big part of coming out for teens, just because I guess Mm -hmm. I'm not in that world of religion and going to church. So that really struck me. And they said that, you know, a lot of their pastors and priests and, you know, people at the church literally came to them and said, you're not welcome here anymore. And yes, I agree. And that's been, that was the most challenging part because when you grow up in the church, most families, when you, when you grow up in the church, your family is dedicated to that church. You know, they get in, they get you involved in Sunday school and different church groups and ministries. So it becomes a big part of your life. And for so many of us, when that part of your life is ripped away, just because you start identifying, you know, as gay or bisexual or whatever, it's really hard because you're not trying to be anybody else. That's always been a part of you. It's just something you haven't been able to fully explore yet. And I think that was the challenge for me was that that was always who I was. I just never felt comfortable enough to present that to my family until it came out the way that it did because of the way the church, you know, talked about it when they were preach, just things I would overhear and comments and things like that. And, you know, cause now that I'm an adult, I'm no longer religious, I'm more spiritual. And I think a part of that has been because of my experience with the church. Today, I was talking to a friend about this today and talking about my problem is not really with the religion aspect of things. My problem is with the pastors and the preachers who are behind the pulpit, who are using their power and basically twisting the way religion should be, basically, you know, like saying that because a person is a, lives a certain way or because a person has gone through a certain experience, they are a bad person and God no longer loves them. You know, you're using your power for bad or evil in my perspective and that's kind of more where my disdain for the church lies nowadays it's not so much the religious aspect it's more so the people who are behind that chair or that pulpit basically right and I mean that's completely understandable and just now with there's more awareness more people feel comfortable coming out because there is more of a community I think that's a reason a lot of people are turning away from the church because they are being shamed. They are being turned away and literally told you're not welcome here because you're going to hell. Yes. And I think that's one of the great things about the world that we live in today is that there are so many more people who are so, who are open 
from more so from an early age. And I love seeing it because I remember just being in high school. I, there were not many gay people in my high school. I think I was maybe one of three or four and probably one of a few that were, that was even open at the time or semi-open. And, you know, when I see high school kids who are super open about their sexuality now, it makes me so happy because I wish I was able to fully live in that way when I was their age. And so it makes me so happy that kids nowadays had that freedom to be themselves and to live unapologetically because I feel like for me, that was something that I learned a little bit later on in life. You know, very appreciative of learning it, but you know, something that I wish I would have been able to tackle a little bit earlier. Oh yeah, and I fully agree because when I was in high school, I don't think there was anybody that was openly out, but it was so interesting because when we went to college, that's kind of like when Facebook came out. So we were all friends Mm -hmm. with each other on Facebook (laughs) and all these people were fully out. I'm like, what? (laughs) I think social media changed the game with that. And that's, that's so interesting that you brought that up because that's kind of my experience as well was, was in college. I think when I went to college, it was kind of the same thing. I started being introduced to different people and different cultures and lifestyles. And I was able to kind of find my tribe, if that makes sense. I think that's how, that's what helped me kind of become a little bit more confident in living authentically was having that community um, that I built. Right. And just to let you know, I work in a middle school and high school and they oh are, my God. yes, they are so <laughs> open. I'm, I'm a school social worker and they are so open about their sexuality. And it really makes me laugh um, because Florida's like trying to pass this, like, you know, pass this don't say gay bill in schools. Yes. And I'm like, Ron DeSantis, good luck to you. I can't go a day without these kids talking to me about their sexuality. Yeah, it's going to be very, very hard for those children because like that's what they've that's what they've been used to. You know, we're in a different age now. It's mm-hmm. no longer where kids are afraid to be themselves. And they have so many different support systems now between their school colleagues. You know, a lot of them are active on social media. So they have the social media communities that they're able to build and foster. So I think it's a very different world that we live in now when it comes to that stuff compared to like when we were growing up, we didn't really have those big online communities. But I think that's a lot of it is that these kids nowadays are able to, even if they can't foster community in their schools and their, in their local communities, they're able to meet people online and connect that way and kind of share experiences and support. I mean, in my experience, they're super open about their sexuality and they're not afraid to talk about it or ask questions at all, which I, which I love, which is great. And like I said, I don't go a day without them talking to me about it. So it is, (laughs) it is a different world, but yeah, I did want to go back to your experience with coming out and knowing that you were gay, but feeling that shame and how that impacted your mental health, especially with your relationship with your mom. So did you come out to friends first and then not to the church and your family like how did that how did that look I didn't really technically come out on my own so you know like most kids back in our time of school you know I would carry around my binder and I would have posters of people that and celebrities that I admired or had crushes on right I'm sure we all did that (laughs) and I would change these posters out pretty frequently so I had a poster of I think it was Joe Jonas at the time because he was one of the crushes I was going through (laughs) and I left my binder at home I came home from school and my mom found it and she had approached me about it and she basically said I found this in your binder why are you why do you have pictures of boys in your binder yada 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 and then she basically said are you gay you know at that point I didn't really have a choice I mean I could have said no but for some reason that day 
I was just kind of stressed and I didn't really feel like hiding anymore. I was just kind of over it. Cause when you're in the closet, there's a weight on you that is just so heavy that it becomes a little bit unbearable after a point and you just, you're just ready to burst. And I think at that time being a high schooler, I was at that point. And so I just said, yes, that just kind of was the end of that. Like I blew, she blew up on me. We had a whole discussion about how God will be ashamed of me, how she didn't raise me to be that way. In that moment, I felt so ashamed of who I was. That should have been a time where I was, where I felt relieved, right? To release that part of myself that I had been hiding for so long. But I felt so ashamed and felt like, oh Lord, what did I do? Maybe I should have kept that a secret and just said no. You know, I, I ended up moving in with my grandmother for a period of time for the rest of high school and into college. And my mom and I, we had we had some kind of relationship because we're still family, but it was very strange for a period of time. And I'm not going to lie, during that period of time, I definitely started developing depression because during that period of time, you know, high school is a very a pivotal time for a lot of teenagers and you want the support of your family there. You know, of course you're friends, but you really want that support from your family. And I just felt like I didn't have that. And it was very hard for me. And I struggled with depression. You know, I wasn't really diagnosed at that time, but I definitely started struggling with depression. And on top of that, I started having anxiety because I started everything that I did. I was afraid that if I shared that part of my life or I shared that with my family, that it was going to turn into something that it shouldn't have been. So, you know, I just started basically becoming very angry and very resentful for being a part of my family. And after that, I still continued to go to church because it was something that until I was 18, I had to do because of just my family and the way that we grew up. As soon as I turned 18, I um, decided that I no longer wanted to be a part of the church. It was something that I just didn't feel fit my life. I didn't feel like I could go there and be be myself. I felt like every time I walked into the church, I was a fraud because I felt like God doesn't want me here. These people don't want me here. I no longer felt comfortable. I no longer felt safe. And that community that I built was no longer there for me. So it was something that I decided to I decided to take a step back from. And I think that was the last one of the last few times that I had been in church. So it's been quite some time. Oh wow. And how is your relationship with your mom today? So that is the nice part. It's actually improved a lot. And <laughs> That is why, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, it gets better. I definitely live by that phrase a little bit because it definitely does get better and it, it has improved immensely. And I think part of that has just been my individual growth as, a, as an adult, but also allowing my mom the space to grow and learn herself. Because when I look back now, and of course, I still have some, I still have some leftover feelings from that time period. I'm not going to lie, I'm human. But I will say um, what I tried to do is I tried to forgive her as much as possible because she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know how to handle that situation. She never had gay friends. She never had, we didn't have anyone in our family who was part of the LGBTQ plus community. So it was something that she didn't have experience with. And so she was doing things based on what she learned from her mom and, and so on and so forth. And I had to look at it from that lens and not so much as her. I I never labeled my mom as homophobic because I never truly believed that's who she was. So I can say that. (laughs) Um, It was just one of those things where I just feel like she just never had the experience of 
interacting with someone who was LGBTQ plus. And also as a black man, you know, she was scared for me. She was scared for my safety. She was scared that if I walked outside and I was wearing pride gear, for example, that I could get, you know, bashed or beat up or something like that. So I'm not a parent yet, but I'm trying to understand from a parental perspective what she was kind of thinking. And that's why I think she took it so hard at the time was just because it was coming from a place of fear, not so much rejection, if that makes sense, even though it came up as rejection at the time. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that your story probably gives so many people so much hope that don't have a relationship with their families or have been turned away or have an estrangement. Can you talk about how you got there, how you got to having a better relationship today? I mean, did that look like conversations or just kind of spending time together? How did that look? For starters, I think it it came from the space that we had during that period of time when we weren't really talking or communicating as often. I grew up a lot. You know, I, I went away to college. I had moved away to New York for a period of time to study theater there. So during that period of time, I was immersed in a whole new culture with a, a bunch of different people. So I was able to fully start living as myself. And it gave me so much more confidence than I ever had before. I think that played a role in it because when I came back home, I was not the same person that I was at 14 and 15. I was a completely different person. I was more confident. I was more secure in who I was. And I was living more unapologetically me versus before where I would always, you know, apologize for being gay. Like when I came out, I would apologize a lot. And I was no longer doing that. You know, I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, this is who I am. I'm proud to be who I am. And you can either accept it or you can't. And I gave her the time that she needed. And I think for my mom too, part of that journey was trying to understand and make sure it wasn't a phase because, you know, a lot of parents, when their children come out, they think, oh, they're just going through a phase. They'll, you know, they'll change it. It'll be over in like a year or two. Right. Well, that wasn't me. I was always gay and I was always going to be gay. So I think for me, as I started maturing, when she's seen me start to date, and she started seeing me, you know, live my life. I think that helped her kind of sit in the fact that, oh, this is not a phase. This is really who my son is. And he's happy. He's living for himself. He's doing well for himself. I was a pretty good teenager slash young adult. Like I didn't get into, into any trouble or anything like that. So I think all of that helped her become more comfortable but I really think what really settled, what really helped her settle everything was when she seen me date. Um, I think that was something that just switched for her because it was no longer just a thought of Dallas is gay. He may potentially date, but it may not. He may, he's probably going to end up with a wife. When I started dating men and that she saw it, I think that's what solidified that, oh, he is gay and this is who he is. Yeah, ever since then, it's just been, you know, it's gotten better because he went from a point and there's a point in time where we didn't really talk about it at all. And now we're at the point where she's ready for me to settle down and get married and have kids. So um, it's definitely improved a lot over the years. Oh, I love that. I love hearing that. And again, I think it gives people so much hope. So thank you for sharing that. And so funny, you steered the conversation exactly where I wanted to go next is (laughs) I want to know how, if you have any advice or words of wisdom for people 
how can someone embrace who they truly are and learn to accept themselves? I mean, and learn to love themselves and not keep themselves in the closet and kind of move away from that shame that they have. Yeah, I think the first thing to do is to really come to terms with who you are and ask yourself, do I like who I am? That's the main question that I would ask, because if you like who you are and you love who you are, then who cares what anyone else thinks? It it has to start with yourself, because I feel like, and I know for me personally, I, when I was younger, I sought validation from a lot of men. And, you know, if I had a boyfriend or I had a guy I was dating, like that was the validation that I needed for myself because I didn't have that for my family at that time. So I think for young children and young adults who are, you know, battling with their sexuality, like I think for them, ask yourself, are you, do you love who you are? And I think another thing that helped me really become comfortable with myself was fostering a community. When I say fostering a community, oftentimes in the LGBTQ plus community, we say we have a chosen family and that, that family is the family that we choose, the family that we, the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. So for me, it was joining an LGBT plus club when I was in college. And I, that's where I met a lot of my queer friendly friends. And for me, being around those people, it really helped make me more confident. It helped help me understand a little bit more about who I was and just being queer in general. I really think that helped me accept who I was and to not apologize for that. Those are the two things that I would say should help people embrace more of who they are, because I think fostering community is very important. And I think nowadays, more than now more than ever, we need those communities because there's so much going on in the world where, you know, most of these states are trying to roll back our rights and things like that. So we need to be a part of those communities where we have that love and support because we don't always get it from our families, but we can get it from those friends who are like-minded like us and are there to support us and care for us. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Dallas, this has been so great. This has been such a great conversation. Do you have any last words of wisdom or pieces of advice for our listeners that may be struggling right now, whether it's with being in the closet or not accepting themselves or they were turned away from their church or from their parents? Yeah, I would say, you know, when it comes to those things, I just want to say it does get better. And for a lot of folks who are in the LGBTQ plus community, we struggle with our mental health. And it's not something that's uncommon. It's very common. And I think it's because a lot of the circumstances that were dealt, you know, we have to hide certain parts of our lives for sometimes very long periods of time. So it leads to anxiety, it leads to depression. But what I want to say is that don't be ashamed to say that you struggle with anxiety or depression, you know, it's okay, I've struggled with it, you know, and I still struggle with it. But, you know, we all struggle with mental health in some way or shape or form. It's not the struggle, that's the challenge. It's how you handle it. Talk to your friends, build that community, just know that it gets better, but never apologize for being who you are. And just continue to live authentically you because you're put on this earth for a reason. So other people are probably looking at you and envious of, of, of who you are. So, you know, just embrace who you are and, and be proud of that. Oh, Dallas, I love that. Thank you so much for this conversation. Can you share where people can find you? Yes. So I am on Instagram at dowpal93. I'm mostly on Instagram. I do. I am active on TikTok a little bit, but Instagram is where you can find me. And I have a link tree that links to my TikTok where I do make 
some mental health videos and things on there as well. Oh, perfect. Everyone, I am going to put Dallas's links in the show notes. So definitely go check them out. Dallas, thank you so much again for being here today and sharing your story. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dallas, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your powerful story. I think it's going to give hope to so many people. I really appreciate you sharing it. If you liked this episode, please share it and tag me on social media. You can tag me at The Wellness Project with Des on Instagram. And make sure you head over to my Etsy shop. I have tons of products in there that are all about positivity and mental health and wellness. There's lots of kitties and other animals in there. So fun. I have shirts, hoodies, tank tops, notebooks, mugs, and new products are going to be continuously added. So make sure you favorite my shop and keep checking back for more. Don't forget that every episode of The Wellness Project has an episode page full of all of the links. You can find today's episode information at accordingtodes.com forward slash 129. You'll find detailed show notes as well as where you can find Dallas. So make sure you go do that. Thanks for being here. I will see you in two weeks with another amazing guest. I hope you have a calm and peaceful few weeks.